1: Cincinnati Bengals haven't had a terribly impactful undrafted free agent signing for quite a while. Will this year change that trend? Let's talk about their approach at undrafted free agency in this
2: episode. You are locked on Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to this podcast on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts, which will make it very easy for you to become an everydayer and listen to this podcast every day we upload it, and to join that first listen club with the many other Bengals fans that make Lockdown Bengals their first listen every day. And James, today, we're going to dive into a mailbag. We've got a bunch of questions to get to on a variety of topics as we're getting to that point in the off season where we've got some questions about free agents in general, about roster cuts, people looking ahead to the 53-man roster projection a little bit and trying to figure out where those difficult cuts are going to come from. But we're going to start with some questions about college free agency, and we've got a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is from Mister Elite 83. That this is the first one I want to talk about. He He sent us a a tweet yesterday, uh, a day before we did the mailbag. That looks like a great mailbag question, so shout out to Tommy. he would like to hear our thoughts on the Bengals' lack of spending, essentially, on guaranteed money in undrafted free agency where the rest of the league, at least a lot of the rest of the league, is seeing big inflation in the amount of guaranteed money they're spending on undrafted free agents. This isn't something the Bengals do. In fact, in 2023, the Bengals, $35,000 of guaranteed money given out to undrafted free agents, according to Nick Cordy, is the least in the NFL and by far the least. The only other team even close is the Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: And one, that's Jake Lisko, Ben's money. I mean, your Benz is worth more than that used with the miles it's got on it now. Um, just to give you an idea of where the guaranteed money that the Bengals have used on undrafted free agents. Uh-huh. And we'll talk about which guy is most likely to make the roster and, and discuss it a little bit because we haven't really talked about undrafted free agents, I think, the way we wanted to uh, after they were officially signed earlier, or what, last week. But that said, the answer is pretty simple. Because uh, let's just tie it to... Joe Burrow, right? Everyone expects the Bengals to pay Joe Burrow. Why? Because he is the biggest priority they've ever had. Well, look at undrafted free agents. Why are they not spending on them? They're not a big priority for the Bengals. They, I think, look at it in the hit rate of these big contracts, big guaranteed dollars that undrafted free agents get from these teams, and they say, do those guys end up being anything? Is it worth it? Because if it's worth it to, to do it, I think they would be willing to, but I think more times than not, they, they see these teams get burned and they don't hear of those guys or see success in, in the undrafted free agent market from those big top-dollar type players. And, and so I, I think that that's their strategy in general and, and a big part of it. For example, DJ Ivy, I think they looked at it as, let's take him now before he gets pretty big, uh, a, a pretty big paycheck. And he was their seventh-round pick for those wondering out of Miami a pretty big paycheck, substantial guaranteed dollars in the undrafted free agent market. I think that's how they look at it. Jeff Gunter was probably the same last year in the seventh round where they said, hey, he might make it to us, in undrafted free agency, but will he sign here when other teams might just throw the bag at him? And the other part of this, other than just their overall strategy and why that might be the case, especially this year, there's not many spots open and if I'm an undrafted free agent, yeah, the Bengals are a heck of a destination. But do I want to go there and play? What exactly? What what are you gonna? Where are you gonna make the team? Where's the hole? Where's the obvious path? And I think there are a couple of guys that saw that path, and others that heck just want a shot to to try to make a team and put NFL tape together in training camp and preseason. But the, when you have a, a roster as talented as the Bengals, I don't think you're a, necessarily a an undrafted free agent destination because the path to making the team is that much more challenging. So th- they don't prioritize it much. That's one, just in general. Two, the roster extremely, extremely talented. And I think that was a turnoff to, to some of the, the undrafted free agents they could have potentially added.
1: Yeah, I think that there's a question as to, you know, how much does it actually matter that the Bengals aren't big players in undrafted free agency? You look at last year's Super Bowl teams, the Chiefs and the Eagles. The Chiefs had a lot of young guys on the field for them in the, in the playoffs. Those are draft picks, I believe. I, I was just looking at their roster. I didn't see a college free agent on the defensive side of the ball for them who would have been playing in the playoffs last year. At least I don't think. There are a lot of college free agents on their roster right now. I mean, a lot of college free agents on the Bengals roster right now. They spent last year on the practice squad, and then they signed more this year. The Eagles, Reed Blankenship, was a college free agent last year who played for them in the playoffs. So currently at the top of their depth chart, according to OurLads.com. But not many of these teams, these high-end teams, have college free agents in prominent roles. You might have some as as occasional role players, as backups, but not a whole lot that are starting. Even the most noteworthy college free agent on the Bengals is probably what, like Joe Bocci, right? And the Bengals. And he didn't
0: sign with them. Yeah.
1: They, they got him off waivers from Philly when he eventually was waived by the Eagles. So there's a question of practically how impactful is it that you're not spending big money. And this year, the answer might be not very big. It's not, a, it's not a big deal. I do wonder if this will become a bigger deal. The teams that are spending money on undrafted free agents aren't bad teams, necessarily. The Kansas City Chiefs led the NFL in guaranteed money spending on undrafted free agents, according to Nick Cordy, at $1.12 million. Whew. Compared to Cincinnati's thirty-five thousand dollars, there are several digits of a difference there in terms of approach. The that's that Joe Eagles, Burrow
0: car. That's the Joe Burrow car versus the Jake Lisko car.
1: And that's like closer to you know <laughs> private private plane money right there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the the Philadelphia Eagles nine hundred eighteen thousand dollars. They were third. So the two Super Bowl teams last year, right? First and third on this list. The New York Jets who. I would never point to as a model of team building. Second here, 1.04 million on undrafted free agents and guarantees. So like mixed bag up there, right? But last year's two Super Bowl teams spent a ton of money in guarantees on undrafted free agents, and people are talking about after the draft this year. And, and there are some records, right? Like these are some very big numbers compared to history. But this is potentially a, a direction things are going, where. Maybe it's better to be an undrafted free agent with some of the contracts and some of the guarantees that are being given oh. out in in some cases compared to being a seventh round pick and not having your choice of destination, like if you could choose to go play for the chiefs for, you know a, a slightly worse than seventh round draft pick contract with still quite a bit of guarantees, or go play for the Rams on a seventh round contract. I don't know. Maybe that's more desirable for the players. That that'd be interesting to to kind of hear their perspective on.
0: And you hit free agency sooner. That's the other part of this. That's what well, I'll call it, or or you you can sign a, an extension sooner. You know, either way, and you get the
1: restricted to... tenders and that sort of stuff.
0: All that stuff, exactly. So, yeah, I I think the Bengals they're never going to prioritize it that way. I don't think no. they're ever going to be in the top five, top ten. I just. Now, it, will there be years where they're fifteenth in undrafted free agent spending? Maybe, Ma- I don't maybe think years, so. especially, uh, especially when they're that maybe they're lean on picks. But next year they're not going to be lean on picks, so I don't think they'll prioritize it. And I just last year it's not like they were high spending wise in undrafted free agency. So let's continue the conversation. We have another question about undrafted, about the Bengals current class, and which ones could potentially make the team. So we will do that. And so much more coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the number one protein bar on the planet. If you're watching on YouTube, you saw I have a giant box of Built Bars on my desk just because I wanted to, well, show them off. And whether it's specialty flavors, they're limited edition flavors. I have a birthday cake here. I have cookies and cream. I have coconut. I have blueberry muffin. Yeah, those are all real flavors, by the way. Protein bar flavors. And... That's what's amazing about Built Bar. They're covered in 100% dark chocolate. They have a bunch of different flavors that you're definitely going to love. They're protein-packed, high-protein, low-sugar, low-calories, and did I mention? I almost said it twice, so I'm going to, covered in 100% real dark chocolate. So get yours today at built.com. That's where I got this awesome box of Built Bars if you're watching on YouTube, and If not, that's fine. Go to built.com or check them out at Sam's Club, a 13-bar box at Sam's Club, or a 4-bar box at Walmart. Again, the number one protein bar on the planet, built.com. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: Any other notes on the spending here, James, before we get into? I, I'm just interested to see if it does matter because this could just be a philosophical thing for the Bengals. Like the teams I that are it in is. that ballpark it yeah. are Bengals Steelers, Packers, and those are teams that are often grouped together in terms of their financial approaches, their salary cap management, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see if the the Bengals are maybe late adopters here, where some other teams are are doing this quite aggressively, like the Chiefs, Eagles, Browns, who, for all of the Browns' faults, very analytically minded in the front office in terms of their approach. It'll be interesting to see if they change their Maybe they change their when. Joe Burrow's making a lot of money. Those teams have big quarterback contracts at this point.
0: Yeah. I, I think if if it changes, it's going to be because they see the the hit rate change. Because I think they'll look at those big money free agents, undrafted free agents for the Chiefs and Eagles and Jets. And if 95% of them don't hit, which are is likely, even though they're big – they went undrafted, right? So uh, if, if that's the case, I just think the Bengals will say, eh, we just need to make sure we're drafting our guys and continue our, our process. And it's honestly, it's hard to argue that. I get it. You're almost buying an extra pick or an extra flyer if you go that route. And so I understand that. I also understand the Bengals not giving huge, huge guarantees, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it makes a ton of sense. So l- let's continue. I mentioned uh, the undrafted free agents. Uh, Cincy James asks at Cincy James 83 and there's been a couple of these but um what undrafted free agents do you look at and and think this guy could make a push for a a spot on the 53-man roster
1: yeah Malachi Hayes 06 the other guy the other question submitter to ask the same question And before we answer that question just a quick shout out to a couple other college free agents currently on the Bengals roster Alan George one of the Bengals' own college free agents, Jalen Davis, not a Bengals college free agent, but originated as a college free agent. Alan jo- George, sorry, Jalen Davis and uh, Joe Bocce, the two most notable, I would say. The highest, uh, actually, Josh Tupou, college free agent in 2017, going way back, my guy. A Cincinnati college free agent, in fact, probably their biggest success story uh, in recent history. For for college free agents, right?
0: Vontez Perfect was one way back. Yeah,
1: just it's a while back, right? But yeah, no, no, that doesn't
0: count as as recent. I agree. I was just naming another one. There's been
1: success stories. That's all. So turning our attention to this year, Alex Erickson.
0: Alex Erickson's one. Oh yeah, he went undrafted. Yeah, my guy. That's my guy.
1: That's your guy.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I I always like I always like
1: that Alex. Scabby wide receiver.
0: that dude stuck in the league for like seven years i i don't i don't think he's still there but who carved out quite a career for himself
1: just giving you a hard time there's three wide receivers in this year's college free agency class you said wide receiver i did oh that that's a lot of uh college agents and wide receiver in a position where like we're talking about guys oh stanley morgan of course college free agent 2019 Mm -hmm. forgot that one but that's the spot where that is a very hard roster to crack. A wide mm-hmm. receiver, Shedrick Jackson, Malachi Carter, and Mac Hiffenhammer have a hard time imagining any of those guys sticking on the fifty-three. Could be some practice squatters there. Jackson Kirkland. They have so many offensive linemen on the roster. Could be tough there too. I'm having a hard time identifying a spot where I think a, a college region is very likely to push for a roster spot. I don't know if this is the year.
0: Shedrick Jackson is the most interesting of the wide receivers. Bo Jackson's nephew. That's not why. It's because he's a burner. This dude runs. like I want him and DJ Turner to race because they both run four twos, and that uh, that would be a fun one. But I think you mentioned him. I think you mentioned the guy that has the best shot. I agree with you. I mean, I like Calvin Tyler Jr. out of Utah State. You know the five eight two zero eight kind of scat back, but is he making a push for the roster? Like the, there's just a leap from interesting prospect that could push for a practice squad spot or could impress in the preseason to actually making the team. And so, to me, just looking at their the profiles and and he's a popular one, and a, a lot of our listeners are probably aware of him by now. I, I think you nailed it. I think it is Jackson Kirkland. Not that he's likely. But I could totally see if he has a good camp and good preseason, a guy that is probably going to be a guard in the NFL, but has tackle size six, six and a half, 330 pounds, almost 34 inch arms. Like he's got that, the, the measurables to play tackle if you need him to. Could he push for one of those backup guard spots? I think so. And that's if there is one place where they're lean, it is at backup guard. Um, I guess you would say backup center, but it is on the interior. So if there was a guy, I would say that. But it's tough, Jake, because I like some of these linebackers. It just – I don't think there's a linebacker spot. Like if Shaka Hayward plays well, great. Who are you beating out? I I don't see a linebacker spot available. So that's that's the tough part is I I think these guys could play well and still find themselves on the outside looking in.
1: It depends how many linebackers they keep at that spot. If they only keep five – Which is what i'll probably project is for them to keep five then it's it's kind of set jermaine pratt logan wilson joe bachi Akeem davis gaither marcus bailey if they Mm -hmm. keep six keandre jones uh, a street free agent signing from 2020 against shaka hayward jalen moody tyler murray the crop of free agent linebackers from this year's draft class maybe right there's a chance Mm -hmm. there if one of those guys really plays great in the preseason as a standout special teamer. that's where you could see a, a six linebacker sneak on, but they're already facing really tough cuts at a number of positions. So are they keeping five or six linebackers when they're already on a bit of pressure facing a bit of pressure in terms of getting to 53 in mm-hmm. the first place at wide receiver at cornerback at, You know, offensive line where they have premium positions, you just mentioned, you know, like 16 guys under contract right now. Yeah, Yeah. literally 16 guys uh, on the offensive line that they need to get down to nine or 10. So, and
0: and in offensive line wise, like I I don't know if they even signed Jackson Kirkland if they had taken an offensive lineman, say, Mm -hmm. round four, even round five. I think that might have been the only spot, and they would have been like, Why even bring in another guy? We're stacked at that room. Like the numbers are just there. So to your point.
1: Yeah, and and part of that is not knowing what they're gonna do with Collins and like whether Jonah Williams trade resurfaces at some point. Right now, I would say that's not really like a top conversational topic because Jonah's (laughs) just he's on the team right now. He's probably gonna be the right tackle right now. If we start to hear about it again then we'll, we'll start to talk about it again. But, you know, depth that, that, that's where Jackson Kirkland can challenge. Can he come in and really push Hakeem Adenergy, Max Sharpen? Can he show that versatility, that position versatility to line up at a number of different spots? How does Cody Ford fit into things? Cody Ford, who's going to get shots at tackle, has experience at guard. How's Deontay Smith coming along? Is he going to put it together, you know, and be, be that late bloomer? in the NFL, last year's college free agents, Nate Gilliam, Ben Brown, Devin Cochran going to be competing as well, so uphill battle for all these guys. And, <laughs> and who's Jackson Kirkland beating? Like, that probably means he's beating Adenogy. Team Adenogy, be, That right?
0: That's the target. Is, yes, and that would and be the Bengals
1: target. staff seems to like him Adenogy, quite a bit. Like, he's one of the first linemen off the bench, so that's a pretty tough battle for Jackson Kirkland.
0: No doubt. And and obviously it goes without saying injuries and all of those things could play a factor, but I go back to your first point. I don't think it's that likely. (laughs) I don't think it's that likely for any of these guys. That doesn't mean anything for them. They have all the motivation in the world to go out there and put out good film and good tape and all of those things. And I hope a couple of them surprise and really force the Bengals to sweat some things and, and make some tough decisions. You, you, we talked about Alex Erickson, the Bengals had to make a tough decision with Brandon Tate that off season or, or that, that camp and move on from him. And I know there was loud outside noise, but that was a tough decision internally. And, and that's what you want at this stage, make it tough to let guys go last year. We saw that uh, at the wide receiver spot and, uh, this year, I don't know if you'll see that there because the Bengals drafted a couple guys, but certainly something to, to pay attention to is what undrafted guys emerge and, and flash a little bit because it, it's going to happen, and, and you hope a lot of these guys do, to, to really make it tough and, and maybe force the Bengals to reconsider some of their thoughts, uh, and certainly us consider some of our thoughts on that final 53.
1: It's always hard. At this point of the offseason too before they've practiced with the veterans before we've had a chance to talk to some of the coaches about who's standing out because it's almost never the guys you think sometimes it is but a lot of times it's like oh that guy kind of yeah he's more impressive than we thought or, or whatever it is and we'll hopefully have an opportunity to hear about some of those guys as the offseason goes on and some of these veteran cuts are going to be challenging james we got a good question about that topic, and we'll see if the undrafted rookies make it murkier. We'll go to that question and more to finish the show coming up next.
2: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL draft. Check out mock draft Monday on the locked on NFL draft podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.
0: Let's continue before we get to veteran cuts with one from Bengals watch party at Bengals party. What remaining free agents would you like to see the Bengals sign? And they threw out a couple Dalton Risner, Matt Ioannidis for the two that they uh, threw out.
1: Yeah, it's funny because we just talked about how hard it's going to be to make some of these cuts already, right? And how hard it's <laughs> going to be for some of these undrafted guys to make the team. And we're talking about signing guys. So Matt Ioannidis and and Dalton Risner would both represent roster locks, in my opinion. I don't know what's going on with Risner. Uh, I mean, the fact that he's still out there, very peculiar former second round pick, not like he played badly in Denver. That one's really weird. Matt Ioannidis, a more recent cut. Um, Ioannidis makes a lot of sense to me. That is one place where, you know, you, you feel okay about four, and then you get to five on the interior defensive line, and a lot of times they have five defensive, five interior guys active, I think. Last year they tended to go heavier on the interior defensive line activations and the edge activations. We looked at that in an episode recently where they tend to have four edge guys active, more interior guys active. But Matt Ioannidis would be part of that rotation immediately. Dalton Rizner, on the other hand, can step in and win a starting job. So I think those are two great names. or some names we've talked about, but Ionitis is a guy that for the last few years has kind of stood out as a guy they could target. And they haven't, so maybe that kind of tells you where they are there. What do you think, James?
0: You already know. Running back. I, I think they could use some depth oh, yeah. there
1: and I tunnel vision on the two names he put in I, the question. My bad. Yeah. I, I just,
0: no, you're good. I mean, I agree. I think both could fit. I don't think they're going to go after Dalton Risner like because they believe in their starting left guard. I, I've been pretty yeah, direct about that. And, and we'll see maybe that changes, right. If the price is right. And I, I think that's where they're at on this, the, this running back room to me. Whether it's Joe Mixon and they want to keep Joe Mixon around for another year or they think Chase Brown is ready to go, a Brown-Zeke backfield is still pretty darn good. And how much does he want? I know, I think Kimberly A. Martin of ESPN reporting that uh, the market really isn't there for Zeke. So maybe he just goes back to Dallas on a cheap, cheap deal. Or he decides to join a true Super Bowl contender because, sorry, Cowboys fans, I don't think that's the case. How about that? Taking a shot at the Cowboys for no reason. I, I think that it would it would make a lot of sense. So we'll see about Zeke. Kareem Hunt um, is another guy out there. Leonard Fournette. I know in the past, the Bengals have liked Leonard Fournette. At this stage of his career, I don't know if they would like Leonard Fournette. But certainly someone I would at least mention. So there are running backs available. But if you're just keeping Mixon, certainly at his current salary... Maybe you do nothing and you just stick to the backfield you have. But uh, running back would be another position I would look at.
1: It does feel at this point as if Joe Mixon is going to be RB1 for all of the discussion we had. Earlier I think he's the favorite in for the sure. offseason. Like that could still change, obviously. But it, it feels like that is the, the likely outcome after the draft. Like fifth round running back, yeah, you can like Chase Brown. And I do like Chase Brown quite a bit. But Fifth round running backs being your starter—that's that, difficult. And I think Mixon you know, and, they... and Zeke,
0: Mixon and Zeke. Th- I—I think it fits like that though. I because I—is are you really trotting out Trayvon Williams in that Piran role? Maybe, or is it fifty-fifty between Piran and Chase Brown? Like it's just—it gets really murky because if Mixon's here, I think Mixon's role is Mixon's role. I don't think it changes. I wonder, and I—and they haven't well, replaced Piran. I,
1: I wonder what the coaches would say truth serum wise, like who? who's playing that P Ryan role right now.
0: I'm going to make some calls with some truth serum through the go. phone.
1: That's uh, some, <laughs> some new voodoo magic, right? Some new Ooh. James magic stuff yeah. going
0: on. Built bars and truth serum.
1: Let's talk about some of the veterans. This will be our last question. And this comes from Michael Vinoy at Michael Vinoy six on Twitter. Wondering about the roster path for Trent Taylor. Hmm for Chris Evans. And and any other veterans, I'll just let you if there's anybody else you think has a tough path to the roster, that that's a veteran on this team right now. Who do you think has the toughest path cuz we've talked about it, tough cuts all over the place.
0: Mm-hmm. There there are there are some tough cuts and I think it is Trent Taylor. I think he's as as in danger as anyone on the roster from a, a guy that was on the team last year and, and made the final cuts and was on the team throughout the year, because everything Charlie Jones does is essentially Trent Taylor, but younger and maybe more explosive and more athletic and can contribute more on offense and, and, and like all of these things. And so I certainly would mention him in that mix. And you just look where the Bengals, where the Bengals dressed what positions, at least, in this draft, and you know, corner is going to be another interesting one, and, and you know, not super established veterans, but there are guys that I really like that are are going to battle now. And we talked about it with Eli Apple. It, with him lingering, it's like I don't think there's necessarily a roster spot for him, a path for him to come back to this roster and, and be in the mix there. So uh, that's one. Sydney Jones, I don't think he's in danger. I think he'll make the team, but having a guy like D.J. Turner around does make it a little more interesting, especially with um, what I expect Chidobe Ouzier to be 100% and, and back and, and ready to go for the season. Maybe not 100%, but certainly ready to go and play. We'll see. That's just my expectation because he's a freak, and I mean that in the best way possible. And, and Jones isn't making a lot, so it's not like you care if, if he's your fifth, fifth corner. But there aren't many. There aren't many spots available. And, uh, you know, you look at that left tackle or, or that offensive tackle room. Are we sure Deontay Smith is a lock?
1: No.
0: Are we, are we sure that guy, you know, I, it, it starts to get really murky. He clearly dropped and, and fell behind Jackson Carmen last year, like a couple tears behind him. And so I think that's a guy that could be fighting for a job as well.
1: Yeah. If you're projecting, well, let's hold on. Let, let me, before I get distracted by the offensive line. Candy, you dangled at the end of your answer. There, let me let's go back to the defensive backs because I do think there's five guys, right? Four, five: Ouzier, Turner, Taylor, Britt, Hilton, and Jalen Davis just got a two-year deal, and there's nobody yeah. else to really play in the slot unless it's DJ Turner. But it would be kind of surprising to see them give a two-year deal to Jalen Davis just to cut him. Could happen. And then Sydney Jones, DJ Ivy, Allen George. Waiver claim Chris Lammons for one spot. Marvell Tell, don't mean to leave him out. Marvell Tell the third, also on the roster, battling it out there. That's a lot of guys for one spot. And Sidney Jones clearly has a leg up after getting the, the unrestricted free agency contract. Now sure. Offensive line. The the locks being Let's say Jonah Williams is your starting right tackle. Those five guys, probably, well, and and Carmen, and then probably Sharping, I think. Probably Cody Ford, given the state of Lyle Collins with his injury. Mm -hmm. Probably, but there could be competition there. And then there's a battle for center. A battle maybe for the other interior spot. Yeah, it, it begins to get really tough to see Deontay Smith cracking the roster, depending on what's going on with Lyle Collins, right? But Ben Brown, Trey Hill, there's like a clear battle there. Jackson Kirkland, Max Sharping, and Human Energy, a clear battle there. Nate Gilliam, we'll see if he can step up as well. Last year's uh, free agent, he spent time on the practice squad. But yeah, Deontay Smith at tackle, if they want to keep three or four, that, that gets really tough. It does. It does
0: especially because he hasn't shown the guard flex as much as some of these other guys.
1: And yeah. So- and I wonder if he's had a chance to work consistently at one spot, if they've kind of figured it out where he's going to get his work in. It seemed like last year, it was it tackle then Jackson Carmen started working back at tackle. They did keep 10 guys last year. Those 10 guys are still on the team. You just, you add Orlando Brown into the mix, probably pushes one of those guys mm-hmm. out. And is that Deontay Smith? Is it Hakim Energy? Is it Max Sharping? You know, with Jackson Kirkland in the mix. It'll be interesting. Is it,
0: is it Jonah Williams? Dun, dun, dun.
1: Just kidding. As a cut? No. Literally. A lot of people. Possible. Zero chance.
0: No, he, he has just as much job security this year as far as being cut as Joe Burrow. Yeah. Like they, there is zero chance they would cut him. There's zero.
1: There's no reason. <laughs> they, they can't. They, it's, it's just dead money it's all it's all staying on the cap it all and still has to be paid player. and he's yeah and he's going to be your starter like,
0: yeah. like if if joe mixon's deal was fully guaranteed we wouldn't even be talking about no. a potential relief it would just be all right well he's here unless you can trade him. like it would be the same exact conversation i, I think there's the yeah. between joe and jonah and that's just
1: confusion right like you cannot cut jonah Williams this year that is a guaranteed contract. I think everybody gets that by now. Probably everybody listening to this podcast gets it by now because we've talked about it before. That being said, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Thanks to everybody who sent their questions in. We'll have plenty of opportunities for you to ask questions in mailbags like this and get those little shout outs as we love to make sure we give Credit to those of you who are asking questions in the mailbag. So that'll do it. Like I said, thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked On Bengals Podcast. And until next time, who day And have a good one.
2: Hey Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.